In Jesus' name, amen. Right, we on and we're up. Sorry, we're going to go up a bit. Okay. Wow. How do you follow something like that, eh? How do you do it? Well, it's amazing actually because how God works and because it does, it fits. And I want to just do one verse today. All right? You're quite impressed, aren't you? Yes. One verse. All right, so I want to turn to John 16. (coughs) How many people have prayed before? God be with me. Wow. It's quite interesting, isn't it? Just hold that thought, alright? Just hold that that thought. Just for one moment. Right. Um, the the passage in John is um, all about prayer and um, I want you to just focus on this one verse, verse 24. Until now, you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, so that your joy may be made full. And I've been thinking a lot recently why... um, we don't see as many answers to prayer as we would like to see. And I, I kind of, you know when you grapple with something and you think, actually, I've, I've got to get hold of this and I've got to sort this out, right? Because actually, right, if I don't start seeing some answers to prayer, prayer becomes boring, Right? If, if anyone's judging the preach right at that point, he's already stated that prayer's boring, right? I'm going to say quite a few radical stuff. You can go through the theology after, but please listen to my heart, all right? And don't tick the box. Oh, I'll be checking that afterwards, all right? Just listen to my heart, please, all right? But I've got to be honest. If you keep going and asking for something, right, and you don't get it, in the end, what do you do, really? You give up. All right? So I've had to look into why we don't see so much answer to prayer, right? And I've had to grapple with it, and I'm on a journey, and I'm part way through that journey, and I haven't got all the answers. But what I have got is a few sort of, like, pointers of in the right direction that I want to share right, on the journey to wanting to desperately see more answers to prayer. And I suppose I'm at the point where I'm fed up with the idea of I have to go to some super natural meeting 
right, where people are being healed and people are being raised from the dead to really believe that God answers prayer. Don't want that. I really don't want it. I want it here. All right? I want it in Woolwich. And I'm sorry, but I want it now. All right? So that, that's the point I'm at. So here my heart, that's where I'm at at the moment. All right? And I'm desperately wanting to see it. And I asked the question, if you remember at the beginning, how many people have asked God to be with them? And a few people raised their hands because you thought, actually, it's the right thing to do. But actually, why do we do it? Because God said, right, I will never leave you or forsake you. So we're already praying a prayer that God can't possibly answer because he already answered it in the beginning. We're mad. So of course, it, we, we're talking to God at the wrong level. We've already started at a level of asking him for something that he's already done. What on earth are we doing? So I thought to myself, this is quite interesting, this is. Right? This is quite radical. Right? So we don't get the joy, right, of answered prayer. And in this verse, it clearly says, right, and this is all in red, all right, so it's Jesus says this, right, until now you've asked for nothing in my name, ask, you will receive, so that your joy may be full. The reason why I think I don't pray enough is because when I pray, right, my joy doesn't become fulfilled. That's honest, isn't it? So I've got to get to the point in prayer where every time I go to pray, right, my joy is fulfilled. Because guess what? When that happens, I'm going to pray a whole damn lot more, aren't I? Yes? And I think it's because we pray, right, safe prayers because we don't want to rock the boat. We want to pray just-in-case prayers. You know, even last week when Kabina said to me, can you pray about my job? And I thought, this is quite a safe bet to pray for, right? Because he always comes through, right? So I prayed and I thought, oh, that's one for my prayer list, right? right? But something really, really strange happened to me this week, right? My son has this real issue with his foot, right? And he keeps getting sort of like real bad pain. And one, one evening, we're just about to go out, and I was taken to the cinema. We went to see that, that um, Moses film. Quite different, but anyway, a few people have seen that. And we went to watch this film, right? And as he got into the car, his foot went, right? And he clearly said to me, Dad, I've got, I'm going to have to stop training for a couple of weeks. My foot has really gone. And he knows when his foot's really, really bad, and it had gone. And I just said to him, we need to pray about it. Right? So I just took the ball by the horns and I said, right, we're going to pray about it. And I prayed in my head and all the rest of it. Right? Next day it had gone. Right? 
And he'd honestly, he'd honestly in his mind thought, and I want to get to the point where we start praying those sort of prayers. And I think we, we've got to the point in prayer where we, we just sort of, we pray out of, dare I say, disappointment of what's happened before. And I want us to get to the point, and I need to get to the point, and that's why I said I'm on a journey, I haven't got all the answers, where instead of praying out of disappointment, we pray out of the revelation of who Jesus is. And there is a massive, massive, massive difference between, right, I suppose what's, what's happened is, right, what we've done in the Western world is... When things don't quite happen in prayer, we focus more on teaching about why it hasn't happened. We even write a flipping series on it, you know, why doesn't God heal, right? Well, we're only writing it because actually that's our experience currently. But Jesus said, heal the sick, raise the dead, right? That was his instruction before he left the earth. And I haven't heard a different instruction. Has anyone heard a different part that, that says we should be doing something different recently? We shouldn't. But what we do is, because it hasn't happened, we'll write a book on why it hasn't happened. Yeah. Rather right, than getting hold of Jesus more and saying, but Jesus, I need to remind you, this is what you said in the first place. You said that we'd see the healed, the sick, Raise the dead, seeing of the blind. You said that, right? And Jesus taught a very, very simple prayer, right? And the headline of it is, your kingdom come, your will be done. And when we finished praying that, right, when we finished praying that, perhaps we'll start to see some miracles. But I just want to look very, very briefly I thought, well, if we're going to get this prayer thing right, we've got to look at the way Jesus prays. Yeah? That figures, doesn't it? Eh? So, that's, what's, what's the worst two moments of Jesus' life? Cross, one of them. Yeah, definitely. Right. I'd, I'd put the other one, Satan's temptation. You say they're probably the worst two? Yeah? Give or take a few other things that you went through. You know, no, but let, let's, let's cut to the thrust. Let's go for the big ones. All right? So the cross and the temptations. All right? And I suppose if we're ever going to see how he broke through, we need to think, right, well, how did he pray in those situations? Well, number one, he didn't wait until there was a massive problem and then pray. How many times do we do that? How many times do we wait until there's a massive crisis and then we pray? Jesus has this sort of different pattern of prayer, right? And it's really very, very clever, right? I'll pray, right? And then as I go into a situation, right, I'll transform it. It's radically different. Think about it, right? It's not circumstance-driven. It's God-driven, right? I'll pray, I'll connect to God, 
right? My father, and how many, read through the Gospels and see how many times he went up a mountain, right? And all of a sudden he comes down and, right? And he doesn't, he doesn't come down from the mountain and go, who needs healing, right? They come to him, right? Radical way of doing things, isn't it? Right? And of course, because he's in communication with the Father, he has the faith, right, to see the healing. Radical, isn't it? Right? Because he's connected with the Father. He hasn't looked at the situation. The situation's come to him, and all he's done is say, well, let's just draw from the resource of heaven, because that's where I've just been to have a chat with my Father. I'll just bring heaven down to earth. Paul, that's quite radical, isn't it? But guess what? He's more connected to heaven because he hasn't seen this situation or the problem yet, right? It's because he's just come out of connection with God. It's radical, isn't it? But we wait until we get a phone call, crisis has happened, then we look at the crisis and then we pray. And we pray a safe prayer, God, do your stuff, you know, your will, you know, and, and if it doesn't quite happen, right... Yeah? And we've covered all our bets, all our options, right? And we don't look foolish. It's pretty safe stuff. Someone said to me this morning they want to be challenged. You will be challenged, I guarantee. It comes with a guarantee, this preach. All right? So here we are. Jesus, right? 40 days in the wilderness, right? Fasting and praying. And along comes Satan and thinks, I'll get him. Right? And for years I've listened to this being preached on. And we focus on his hunger, right? And the fact that because he was hungry, right, Satan could get him, all right? Because Satan thought he was sensible and all the rest of it. Really, really hungry, right, let's go for him at that point of weakness. Load of rubbish. I'm sorry, right? Jesus was at the most spiritual point in his life. What beats 40 days of prayer and fasting to make sure, right, that you don't, you don't give in to Satan? So let's focus on what actually happened, right? Jesus had connected with God in such a way Right? That whatever Satan came along and decided he was going to tempt him with, right? It wasn't about what Jesus said at that point. It was about who Jesus knew he was at that point that made the difference. All right? I can't even tell you the words, but I know he beat him. He had the answer because he'd been 40 days with God, and he knew who he was. And all of a sudden, we see breakthrough. And what I'm saying to us, right, and this is quite a bold statement, and this is the one I don't want you to put on the list to check with me after. (laughs) Why doesn't prayer change things? Because quite often, it doesn't change us. Powerful, isn't it? Because we go with our safe prayers and all the rest of it. And boy, do I want to get into that place 
where I pray and it changes me. Because then I really start to sense that God can do something powerful. But the problem is, it needs to change me first. And that's where Jesus got it right. Jesus saw answers to prayer and breakthrough because he'd, he'd got hold of God, right? And he'd been changed. And that's quite an awesome place to be. So, come on, let's take the big one, the cross. All right? We all, we all know that just before the cross, Jesus went to pray. All right, and boy... What a prayer meeting that was. What a prayer session it was. To the point that he sweat his own blood. Wow. That's a place of prayer, isn't it? That's, that's a, a depth that you go into in prayer, right? Because you know what's coming. Right? That's powerful stuff when you, you get into that position. Yeah? But I, I just want you to think, right, if, if you knew you were going into that situation, right, how would you pray? But whatever Jesus did was he took his own advice. And you know his model of prayer? I wonder how many times in that garden, all alone, he said, your kingdom come, your will be done. And never, ever has such a powerful statement been made when you know right, where you're about to go. That's powerful. And when we even start to get to the point that we pray like that, we will start to see some breakthrough. When we start to pray, right? you know, Jesus, Jesus didn't teach us to pray and then go, well, but when it comes to my situation, I'm going to pray different. He became like man on earth and he prayed, your kingdom come. Yeah, he did. He did ask if this moment could be taken away. But not my will, but your will. Powerful stuff. But... I said quite a bold statement. Why doesn't prayer change things? Because quite often it doesn't change us. I tell you what, I look back at the, the, whole, the whole passage around the cross and all the rest of it. Right? And when you go into that place of prayer, Jesus went into a place of prayer where he could come out and call the person that was going to betray him a friend. That's how much he'd got close to the father. That he could call Judas, the person that was going to betray him, a friend. When was the last time we come out of prayer? right? And it so changed us that we could go into a situation like that and be a different person. But he didn't just do that. He didn't just call his betrayer a friend. Yeah? One of the group cut someone's ear off. And what does he do? He goes and he heals him. 
just because of who Jesus is. It's in his DNA. And why was he like that? Because he'd spent time with the Father. And he couldn't be anything but, right? He couldn't do anything but be like his Father, even in those dire moments of his life. Jesus, what he did was he carried the presence of God into situations. Right? He carried it into situations. What do we do? We pray for the presence of God to come into a situation. But at that point, right? He's already beginning to knock on the faith door because we're actually surrounded by the situation. And we've got to learn to carry the presence of God into situations. And that, that demands a mindset shift. And I've got to be honest, I'm not there yet. Right? I suffer with depression. Right? And when we talk about mindset shifts, it's really, really difficult because my mind's doing one thing and I know my God's saying another thing and I want to connect to that. I desperately want to connect to that and I will pray and pray and pray until I start to see that breakthrough where my mind has the revelation of Jesus and the revelation of God and who he is and what he can do. Right? And that I'm less focused on my current situation and currently what's going on around me. And I'm more focused on the kingdom of God's increase and God's kingdom come, his will being done. And that is hard, hard work. I'm not standing here saying, right, just do this, right, and as from tomorrow morning you will float into work, you know, the angels will take me up the aisle and all the rest of it. It ain't going to happen. Do you know, in t- the space of two weeks, I had to deal with at work two people close that had lost people through suicide. One was my own boss's son at the age of 19. You can imagine what that done to my brain. You can imagine what it done to the whole of, yeah? It, it's totally just put me on the floor. I couldn't cope with it. I really couldn't. And that's, that's just, that happens, that's part of real life. And how do we get back from those situations? We can only go with the reality of what Jesus says and what Jesus did, right? We have to do that, because if not, we're we're beaten and we're, yeah? And what's the use of having a load of beaten people, right? Yeah? The world needs a church that's alive. The world needs a church that believes in Jesus Christ, right, as alive and as free to work today than he ever has been done. Right? He said greater things will do. I'm still waiting for that to happen in Woolwich. And I'm going to keep going until I see that happen. I'm going to keep going until I walk into my shop of a morning, right? And the presence of God breaks strongholds. That's what I'm desperate for. 
I'm desperate for it. If we live out the presence of Jesus rather than the duty of prayer, we are better positioned in the right way. If we live out of the presence of Jesus rather than the duty of prayer, we will see breakthrough. I want to I just leave you with one thought. Quite often, the thought process is about how we think. And I want to leave you with a challenge. As Christians, we can't afford to have one thought in our head that, hasn't, that Jesus hasn't got in his head about us. We can't, because we start at the wrong place. I'll say it again. We, right, we can't afford to have a thought in our head that he hasn't got about us in his head. We have to know who we are in Jesus if we are going to see breakthrough in prayer. And if we continue with our mind process of who we are, you know, and all that false humility, it's a load of caboodle, I'm sorry, right? We need to start getting hold of who we are in Jesus, right? We need to walk tall as to who we are in Jesus because I tell you what, a load of humble people ain't going to get nowhere. And humility's good, right? But keep it for home, right, in your relationships, Right? Because then you'll see some breakthrough in the church. Seriously, that's where humility needs to be. Right? You know, dare I say it, and the wife ain't here, humility is doing the washing up when it needs doing. You know? Amen. But don't, don't keep that false humility right, in the church. It's not really needed. We need to be children of a living God. Amen. And we can't afford to have thoughts in our head that Jesus hasn't got about us, because otherwise we're in the wrong place. We can't do it. I remind you, right, we have a mission. We have one mission, to pray into every situation. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. We have to do it. And the only way we'll do it is to change this. And we've had years of teaching on why God doesn't do, right? Well, I'm telling you, today, God does do. All right? And we have to live it. Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you that you are a God, Lord, that wants to do us good. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you sent your son to die on a cross. And what an example of how to connect with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I pray that, Lord Jesus, you're going to put the joy back in our prayer. Lord Jesus, that prayer this week is going to change us as individuals. That, Lord, we would have a hunger and a desire to get hold of more of you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. You may have been a Christian for a long time, or you may be exploring the possibilities of a relationship with God. 
wherever you are in your journey of life, please feel free to contact us at Woolwich Community Church if you would like any further information on today's message. We will be happy to talk with you, pray with you and help you in any way we can. Please see the information below in our bio on how to get in touch with us. Have a blessed week and God bless.